0: Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we talk about
1: popular film franchises, one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm the stand-in they used for Oberyn post-face smush.
2: I could use more colorful language. I mean a am A bastard on the throne. Sounds crazy, no? But here in our little country of Westeros, you could say we're all a bastard on the throne. Each of us trying to justify our place in this crazy game we call thrones. Take Stannis, for example. What makes him think he'd be such a great king? Well, I can tell you in one word. Tradition! Tradition! (laughs) Tradition! Tradition! Ah... So there's actually a lot that you can do with Fiddler on the Roof to make it about Game of Thrones, <laughs> as I have learned. But that's another podcast. I'm Britain, More like tra Britain, Yep. Just it's not like tra Britain
0: Slightly close enough to work. <laughs> um, this, this week, we are we are not talking about a popular film franchise. We are talking about our continued Game of Thrones coverage, discussion, content, Um we are talking about the back half of season four mm. which is a lot yeah uh, things happen um, a lot of things happen <laughs> uh, the episodes that we are talking about are episode six, which is the laws of gods and men um, episode seven mockingbird episode eight the Mountain and the Viper episode nine the Watchers on the wall and episode 10 the children um The directors this week are Alex Sakharov comes back for Laws of Gods and Men and for Mockingbird. Uh, And then Alex Graves does episode 8 and 10. And Neil Marshall comes back reprising his role as director in Blackwater to knock out Watchers on the Wall. Can we answer Um, some air horns for him? I mean, we really should. (laughs) (laughs) He's just, you know, he's like, man... That last episode was a bummer. You guys want to see a giant shoot a guy over a wall
1: like a like, javelin? It's pretty cool. Guys, I'm earning goodwill now that way you'll forgive me for hellboy. <laughs> Poor guy. I'm sure I'm sure that was a
0: a very Hollywood uh oh, we've got a fresh new director. What do you, Let's let's put in through the ringer. <laughs> I don't know what the budget was on that, but that I get that vibe from it. Um the writers are all D&D except for episode 6, which was Brian Cogman, mm. our our guy, who uh, has, is starting to really churn out some hits here. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll continue to do so for the rest of the series, as we'll see. Um, our our friends over in IMDb have rated these episodes a 9.7, 9.1 for Mockingbird, and then 9.7, 9.6, and 9.7. Um, so now they've switched modes from... Uh, rate everything between 8.8 and 9.1 to rate everything between 9.7 and 9.6 because stuff happens every episode yeah um again these ratings are already more useless than i expected them to be (laughs) um but uh we'll we'll continue on with those uh it does give the season an average of 9.3 which is higher than either any of the first three which all came in around 9.0 9.1 so that's something um, all of these directors, as a note before we get started, will not return. Mm. Actually, like n- none of them mm. come back. Um, this is something that was really interesting to me that I, I don't think I'd fully parsed until going through it all. But uh, you know, we'll, next season we will definitely start to get more into the D and D doesn't have the books anymore, so the show is ruined. Um, that kind of language and discussion. Uh, and I think maybe there, there's a, a better culprit to point out here, which is the fact that um, David Nutter and Alan Taylor, who we've talked about, they will both return uh, in later seasons. But every other director for the rest of the series is, uh, at least, has yet to be introduced. Mm-hmm. So none of the none of the guys we've talked about for these first four seasons, or the gal, uh, Michelle McLaren, none of them come back. Uh hmm which is, uh, I think, a shame in some cases. Oh, yeah, um, I would say. And I think it also helped season four a lot. It, it, there's a similar pattern for the back half of the season that will, con- or the series that will continue to follow, where they introduce a lot of new directors in the next couple of seasons and then slowly begin to reuse those guys and figure out what their strengths are. Um, so by season eight, uh, everyone is experienced. Um, but this season, uh, basically after this, they do a, a clean slate and uh, I thought that was pretty interesting, and I yeah. think it might explain some, some problems we might encounter uh, moving forward. But we'll see. And does anybody have strong opinions about Best and Worst Episode? I think this is uh, maybe a fairly tough one to choose the best mm-hmm. one from. Yeah. Yeah, but... <laughs> uh, I can go. Um, <laughs> they all have been.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're all... Really, really good episodes. So my worst I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with eight, episode eight simply because watching Oberon die hurts my heart so much. <laughs> and I think it's it's not that like I liked him more than I liked robin and Catelyn or anything like that. It's sure. one, it's it's just the visceralness of his death, that it's so violent. And the other yeah. thing is that yeah. I so desperately hate the mountain and I so want the mountain to die. <laughs> And that it's not like, obviously I hate Walder Frey, but that, that's the, that is the thing that makes you hate Walder Frey. I already hated the mountain before this fight started. And it's like, it's so close with with Red Wedding. You feel like, oh, they've been lured into a trap. And for, for this to be avoided, so many decisions would have had to been made differently previously that we have the gift of hindsight to realize we shouldn't have, he shouldn't have, Rob shouldn't have made those decisions then. But with this, it's like. Oberyn, just stab him in the head. Like you already had him. <laughs> just stab him in the head. Like, and I know that you yeah. poisoned him, so he'd have a long death. But like Oberyn, and it it feels so um, avoidable. I understand it's it's not yeah. avoidable for the narrative, but it seems so avoidable to in in even, in terms of Oberyn's decisions. You're like, just don't, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Um, Tyrion has a line before that where he says. Uh, before the fight, where he's like, couldn't you at least wear a helmet? (laughs) And it's like, "Ah, (laughs) Um, but actually the, and then um, this episode did also have a moment where Tyrion and Jamie are talking about a cousin of theirs who is quote, simple-minded and they both do impressions of a simple-minded person. And that was super cool and awesome of the show to, to do. Um, Sure. It's really fun and hilarious to imitate intellectually handicapped people. And you know, yeah, it's true. We've all done it like I'm not innocent of of this uh misdeed. We've all done it, but like none of us should do it. And I was like, mm, I don't like that TV show Mark against you." Mm-hmm. But so so that yep. that genuine problem, but also it's just hard to watch. <laughs> you know, it's just a hard episode to watch, but it's good storytelling and it's well-made TV. Um and there's other stuff in that episode as well that we can get into as, as we go on. My best episode uh, is number nine, "The Watchers on the Wall." That uh, is so much fun. <laughs> it's such a great episode. <laughs> it is such a great like palate cleanser from the previous one. It's it's black water, just on steroids. Um, I thought Neil Marshall did such a good job, never sacrificing the gravity of of those scenes i mean there's some really sad stuff in that episode and some really like important stuff and he never sacrifices that but he also lets it be fun you mentioned the giant shooting the arrow into the guy that launches him across the thing um and
0: then we follow him yeah tracks down into uh castle black and it's
2: that's so great spectacular and then the, like hob, the kitchen, the cook just like starts killing wildlings with, with like boiling water. And like, a it's,
0: it's like this scene where he's, he's walking out with a, with a cleaver, yeah. like bloodborne. Like, he's just like, I'm like, I'll kill some <laughs> like,
2: And he's so chill about, it. he's like, no, I'm going to kill you with kitchenware. Like, that's what's up. <laughs> Chopped dude. Let's do this. This is the real kitchen nightmare. Um, but yeah, that episode is just full of wonderful, wonderful moments that again, we will definitely get into, uh, Mm-hmm. But I just—that was when John really like arrived for me. I already liked him, but that was the episode where I went, "Okay, John, let's do this." Team, team, John, let's. I'm, I'm here. And uh, uh, also, Sam and Gilly kissed, and I threw my hands into mm-hmm. the air and kept them there for like 45 seconds. I was so <laughs> happy. Sam is the hero of that episode for me. I just had such a good time watching that. One. The end. and that's my part of the podcast
1: uh i can go next yeah uh in terms of a worst it's very tough um because i i love like all the episodes um i'm probably gonna go with episode seven mockingbird Mm -hmm. just because the least amount of stuff happens during that one yeah yeah and that's really because it's the it's just the setup for the remaining three episodes um, mm-hmm. like, of course, at the end, it's, it has the the, 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 really, I don't know if amusing is the right word, but the scene between Littlefinger and Lysa is very good. And yes. I, I like oh, sure. the twist there. Um. Bysa, Lysa. <laughs> I see. Um, but like, there's the scene with Hot Pie, and that's a lot of fun. So there's still like really good mm-hmm. moments, but it, it, it's, it's just like, the least amount of stuff happening so yeah. it's more like a transition episode so um that would be my my worst by default best one this is this is quite tough yeah i think i might have to go with episode six the laws of gods and okay. men mm-hmm. now that i'm thinking about it because yeah. i love a good trial <laughs> sure i love a, good, <laughs> trial it is a episode, good trial and this is a great trial episode yeah um and of course, this is where Peter Dinklage, like, if there's ever like a key point of like, that's where his acting is just like on yeah. fire. Like that's mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. His his whole monologue at the end where he's like, "I shouldn't have saved any of you. I wish you all would just die." Yeah.
2: Um, it's all great. I
1: believe isn't that where he won his Emmy? I don't know if it was
0: that it's, specific episode. Or the it's season. one of
2: it's one of the four Emmys he won, I believe. <laughs> okay, I,
0: I wasn't sure if he had just won one or if he'd won more. Yeah, he has. I, I, I think knew he'd he, been nominated like every year.
2: Yeah, and I think he well, won. Uh, he won for the first season. Yeah, I think he won for this season. I think he won for the final season, and I can't remember what the other one was. Hmm.
1: It'll it'll be interesting going forward because I I feel like Tyrion's presence. For, for a lot of of the the upcoming seasons, it kind of diminishes. So yeah. I'll be interested uh, to see where that goes in terms of his character arc and, yeah. and kind of what I remember of it. Um, and I would of course, definitely
0: say he has less
1: to do for a little while. Yeah, so. and of course we could talk about the uh, the scene with Shay and his father at the end, and and bring back up the uh, the stuff we talked about a few episodes ago about the mm-hmm. Asha thing. Is that it, Taisha? Taisha, that's it. All these Asha, names are the
0: same. Asha is is uh, the wildling who saves, uh, yeah. or who, who takes Rickon, but also it's Yara's name in the book, but it's spelled with an A. So
2: <laughs> Everything's George R. R. Martin, fine.
0: I, I don't know if George R. Martin is really good or really bad at names. I can't, <laughs> like, it's, it's somewhere in there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hot pie. <laughs> Every every
1: time um, George is is deciding on a character's name, the Cods flip a coin.
2: <laughs> That's why uh, the character Rorge is named what he's named. He's like, what can I name this guy? What's my name, George? <laughs> he spills Rorge. coffee. Spills
0: coffee on like some important paperwork. Paperwork and it covers <laughs> part of his name, and he's like, Ah,
2: who's Rorge G G Nartim? I see. <laughs> yeah episode six oh, yeah, is yeah. marvelous and i i i can't remember if this was other people's theorizing about dinklage it probably was but the whole thing about i'm on trial for being a dwarf i think i was reading people say like it felt like dinklage may have pulled in some of his own life experience to like fuel that yeah. that monologue that that is a a marvelous hmm
0: and it's it's great, I really love, I think something that I hadn't really clicked for me before in that episode is that it's not just Tyrion being like, I'm frustrated with all of this and you guys aren't treating me fairly so I'm going to uh, like throw a wrench in your plans. It's like, he does say, I'm not going to throw my life away on the wall yeah. for Joffrey. Like, yeah. I didn't kill Joffrey, I wouldn't have deserved to be put on the wall if I'd killed Joffrey, because Joffrey was a jerk and yeah. deserved nothing. Uh I'm not going to stand for this. And so I, yeah. I think that's yeah, just the the righteous anger is, is great and the we can we can continue to I think every one of these episodes we can sit here and talk about for hours and uh I don't know about hours, but we'll we'll try to at least give each you know, a solid <laughs> twenty minutes. Um the I'm gonna I'm gonna half agree with both of you. Uh I do think Mockingbird was my least favorite. Uh, again, Same reasoning. It just, it has the least stuff and there's still a bunch of stuff in it. (laughs) So like, uh, I disagree with those uh, IMDB ratings that it's that much below the other ones. I think it's very consistent. Um, It just happens to be one where like, there is a less uh, big shocking twist. Um, And obviously the Lysa thing is still great. Uh, You've got Tyrion begging uh, everyone to try and save him. which is great. You've got hot pie. We'll get into all of it. Um, I don't really have anything bad to say about the episode. I just think that uh, the other ones are more eventful and more exciting. It's the lowest. Uh, But I
2: am going to agree. So what, sir? It's the lowest impact.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, I am going to agree with episode nine being the best. Uh, I think of the entire series that this, this might be my vote for best episode that we watched so far. Wow. Um, of the first four seasons, I thought this episode is it 's spectacular and it gets so much emotion and energy out of characters you didn 't realize you cared about so much yeah. <laughs> um there there's great stakes in the fact that you 've got John fighting against egret um the episode Alistair Thorne is a great character in general mm-hmm. uh, but especially in this episode yes. he 's so interesting and fun uh in the fact that you know he 's very uh, in t- in touch with his biases, I guess, like he knows that uh, he 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 outright admits that he hates John, and that John doesn't like him, and he's you know kind of a jerk in general. He's yelling at guys, yeah. uh, he's making fun of people, but he admits, yeah, at the same time, he admits that he was wrong to not seal up the tunnel. And he when when Tormund is is ripping through uh, the the guys at Castle Black, uh, he goes up and fights Tormund. He yeah. he's not like Oh, I'm gonna go try and hide away and and that guy looks scary. He's like, Alright, this this guy's a problem, I'm gonna go take him out. Yeah. Um
2: and he doesn't, but it's it's, it's a good fight. Uh no, good I, little I, duel. It says a lot that by the end of the episode I was I, I was glad that he didn't die. When I think yeah. in any episode be- before this, I was like, Whatever, Alistair, just get him out of the show. <laughs> and Harold was like, I kinda want him to be okay. Because yeah, yeah, I mean he he becomes like a rounded person. And where you realize, like, okay, as much as I miss Jor, like I under like Alister is a good he's not the best leader but he's a good leader for this cuz he is willing to like throw himself into the fray and fight Tormund, who we know is one of the like most powerful fighters and he's like no we're going to do early this. Dude. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm just going to do what I have to do. And he still has to be dragged away <laughs> like he, mm-hmm. he doesn't want it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: Um I don't even know where to start with any of this. Do you want to just kind uh, of go in order?
2: Just start with six and work our we way. We may up? we may have to. <laughs> it might be the best move. Yeah, let's do that. Um, Bravos is dope. That was my first note. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, yeah. I, I think this this
1: is like an excellent opportunity that they take to explore kind of the political economic side of yeah. things without going too overboard in terms of like. I I feel like they, they keep it relatively simple, where it's like, oh, the Lannisters are in debt. Stannis could be a promising king if he wins. Scene. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. When I liked that, that was a scene where I was like, okay, Davos is making a good case for Stannis. Um, yeah. He is still like, yeah, I was like, okay, that all works. Um, We also get the all the stuff with uh, the Ironborn trying to save Theon. Mm-hmm. Which i thought was really good and i actually liked when they show miranda and ramsay having sex she's like choking him but then later when ramsay comes out to um deal with the ironborn he's got like all these all this blood and all these cuts all over him are we to assume that he had been fighting other ironborn or is that from miranda it's a good question that's a very good question because <laughs> my guess is it's because miranda's just as sadistic as as he is yeah yeah um so that was that was my guess, but yeah. I, I thought all of that was really just heartbreaking. That like Yara yeah. has to accept like oh Theon's not here anymore. <laughs> like yeah, this, I did find it, it amusing how
1: I, I think her last scene at the end of the, the the previous season is like I'm going to find my brother and I'm going to bring him home. And it's like this huge dramatic thing in one scene, complete failure. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think the editing on that is just a little bit too quick. Mm. Um, Yeah. Like where Ramsey is like... Ramsey's threatening to release his dogs, and then it cuts to they're getting on the boats to leave? Yeah. Um,
0: I feel like they (laughs) should have split that up somewhere, either within this episode or maybe tried to squeeze it into the last episode or something like that. Just get us, like, two scenes of that, or maybe they're approaching, they're marching up. Like, maybe at the beginning of this episode, it's like, oh, Yara is is heading for the, the Dreadfort, and then... Just give us a little bit of a little bit more build up so that we're like, oh, that's a plot line that's going on right. in this episode. Right. Um,
2: I, I also had a uh, you could have killed Bond moment where when Ramsey goes to unlock the cage, he's taken a while. Like, and he's not—he's shirtless. <laughs> like, throw an axe. Like, <laughs> rush him. Like, you've got—I don't know—you could—you could have just killed him. Um, they should have gone for the head. Thank you. Uh, and then we got we meet hisdar zolorak, <laughs> my best friend. <laughs> yeah, in in, um, in one of many scenes where uh, uh, this this batch of episodes where I at once understand Daenerys' quandary and also am like, oh yeah, now n- given the gift of foresight, I realize Daenerys is not very good at this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Had had I, had I not... Know, if I didn't know where this was all going, I may not see it. But knowing the intention, I'm like, oh, right. She just... Yeah, her answer to um, everything is violence. And she's constantly being reminded of like, hey, it's not always monsters that you're killing, and killing them doesn't actually fix the systemic problem.
0: Uh, the, my note that I have for this is Hisdar, which corrected to uh hi dad in my phone so, um <laughs> is which is what a he, note? which is, is, is what that his dar yeah, that's,
2: that's and listen his dar will never get to say that again and that's why he's here he today. won't
0: um, no, my my summary of this of that scene is Hisdar saying, "My dad tried to stop them from killing children. Is it justice to answer one crime with another?" And then Daener- Daenerys's reply is, "Yes, and also I did nothing wrong. Write that down." <laughs> uh, that's, that's basically what she says. She also ends that conversation with, "You would be wise to remember that," which is like not a it's not a thing you hear good good guys saying most of the time. Like sure. you know, you don't see hear people making menacing threats about how yeah. uh, you shouldn't challenge their power. I don't know. And that's There's like, something
2: there. I did understand where Daenerys, because Daenerys is like, okay, slavers, and – I get it. However, I, do I go through and interview every individual person to discern whether they were in support sure. of this thing and, and complicit, and then punish them accordingly? Like, I don't. Hmm. Like, I, I understand why this is challenging, and I think that if the show, you know, well, uh, this is something that will come in a future episode but like it it it's just very cut and dry which it it's not actually like this is this is something and this is all it's not just on Daenerys this is on the show of like this is what we're dealing with like Daenerys is is being greeted with the shades of gray of war which is so much of what the game of thrones yeah. series is about and she's like no you just solve everything by killing the bad guys and then there's no more bad yeah, she's guys it's just
0: like cut through the
2: yeah and it's like that's not actually thing. how this um, gets fixed <laughs>
0: I also during this this scene wrote down the note: Is Daenerys Michael Scott? I don't know exactly what my rationale for that was, but I think it's I think it's valid. I think like I don't I don't remember
1: what exactly I was thinking there, See, but it... I, I, I I think I've got it because you were thinking her her natural response when he says is it is it, uh, is it good to answer one crime with another? She just goes, "Thank you." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Khaleesi, it's th- very, like, Khaleesi, thank you for meeting me here. Yeah, you know me. I'd go anywhere to see a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I am the best Khaleesi. They all say it. I'm the best Khaleesi. <laughs> and then you see Barriston like spilling chili on himself or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I just And Jorah I, looks at the camera. <laughs> um
0: I really I, I think the on a slightly uh actual analysis level um i think it's it's just the fact that every thing that gets pointed her way she immediately is so like aggressively against it acknowledging you
1: know wrongdoing right um she, she she's not willing to to take any sort of accountability for for her yeah. actions she's just like everything i've done has been good like i don't mm-hmm. see why you're questioning it yeah and it's like well. In some
0: ways, like your your justifications made sense, but that only works as long as your justifications, you know, are are founded in some sort of logic or uh, work towards. They they your justifications happen to line up with morality, right? To, to some extent, uh, whereas... I'll put it
1: to you this way: instead of nailing all of the slave masters up on those posts, maybe you could have had trials for all of them first. Yeah, I mean, like. The- it might have taken some time, Daenerys, but, you know, you're willing to stay over there and put in the work, it seems.
2: Right. Yeah, it, it's an interesting thing because from the beginning, the people that she was having to stand up to have gotten progressively grayer. Like, initially it was Viserys. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, Viserys. Yeah, he sucks. Get rid of him. Like, okay, that problem right. is yep. taken care of. Miriam Asdor. <laughs> okay, revenge. Got it. Zarozo and Daxos. Well, that was an extreme response, but I get it and then now she's being confronted with like you're not dealing with an individual person who's wronged you you're de- you're dealing with a city that's run on slavery and greed and right. you can't just stamp out these things you have to f- fix them from the inside and and it's, there's a lot more work that that requires yeah. and, and and the other and later in the in the episodes like the other characters start to make points about like Daenerys, like, I agree with you, these are terrible people, but, like, there's other ways we can handle this and other things we need to fix about it. And she's like, no, no, I'm a queen and queens rule. And it's like, yeah, but there's so much more to that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, this episode also does have time when saying that dismissing Barristan was stupid, which I like when people say that. I like that. <laughs> uh, this episode also did something I really like, which is it, it completely confirmed that Varys isn't a pedophile. Which is mm-hmm. something that the a lot of characters made jokes about it and rumors about it earlier in early in the show, and I like that he's having a conversation with I can't remember who it's Oberyn. Oberyn, it's, yeah, Oberyn, it's Oberyn, yeah.
0: Um, which is fun because that's like a replacement for the Varys finger thing. Yeah, so now we've, exactly. we've still got some sort of Varys conversation in front of the throne. Yeah, yeah. Uh for the last for the first four seasons, I guess.
2: And, and I, one I like that Varys is Ace. I just think that's cool that we have an asexual character. Mm-hmm. But I like that Oberyn's like yeah, you're gay, right? And you're a pedophile. He's like, no, I'm not. Oh, so you like women? No, I don't like anything. (laughs) Because, like... I I appreciate how that that feeds into his complete philosophy and, and like,
1: basically his entire motivation on the show. It's just, like, I've seen what what that that lust and and all that, what what that does to people, and I don't want any part of it. Like, I've really... I don't know. Varys is such a a fully, like, formed character. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... And I think that's I don't know. G- given how how his motivations have been so vague for yeah. the, for a lot of the previous
2: seasons, it's it's nice to I don't know feel, feels like it actually coalesced into something. Yeah, I yeah. think when George was coming up with him, he went, "Well, let's see his uh, his motivation seemed to vary." Ah. <laughs> um and then the rest of it is the trial which is
0: it's it's literally very spelled wrong
2: yeah honestly it's... i had that i had that realization earlier this week i went wait a minute wait a minute it's like George. that joke it's like that joke on family guy where brian's writing a book and he's like the main character will be named norm hall cuz he's just a normal guy but not everyone will get that that'll be for the scholars 100 years from now <laughs>
0: Um, I was gonna say because Oberyn gets a couple of conversations. He gets a conversation with Varys, uh, and then also uh, he he sits on the small council for one meeting and <laughs> uh, asks if he's master of ships. And Mace gets super uppity about it. And he's like, <laughs> "I am the master of ships. I decided this with Tywin. Don't. What are you doing?" Um, which is pretty fun.
1: We still haven't really. I don't know if we get much more of Mace like. I feel like well, I remember. You're missing the key moment at the end of that scene where Tywin says, Hare, be be a good boy and fetch me my my quill and ink." Yeah,
2: of sure. course, your grace.
1: Like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but I feel like I remember him having more to do, and maybe he does in later seasons. But uh, I feel like up to this point, he just he pops in every now and then for comic relief, which maybe yeah. that's all he does. I don't know. Um, but as a larger point. Well, we'll we'll talk about this episode 8. Um, I feel like it would I have a thesis to sit on our minds as we continue to talk through these episodes, which is that I feel like it would have been really really easy for D&D to decide to save Uberin. Sure. Um, and I just want to put that into existence and then I can I'll, I'll put some more evidence out there justification in a second. Um because he's great, <laughs> though. Uh, oh, yeah. Talking about why I'm bringing it up now. He is a great character. Pedro Pascal is fantastic as him. Yeah. He's so much fun. He has such an interesting dynamic with everybody. Uh, it's, yeah. The, this is this is some of the, the best scenes we get from him. Um, I really love him. You were talking about the trial itself. I really love... The, his reactions to some of the stuff and the fact that he's like asking questions yeah. that are like actual, like he's trying to actually understand what happened, and so he's asking real questions right. to people and being like, "So how did you know that? Like how what what happened there?" And yeah. uh, um, the the way the way he reacts when Shay is like, "I was his whore," and then he's like, "Oh, <laughs> okay, Go I'm on. here for this."
2: <laughs> yeah that that whole trial like. When Varys testifies against him, like, that hurt. But even just at the beginning when Tommen bequeaths his his uh, authority to Tywin, the look that Tyrion gives him is so heartbreaking. Because it's mm-hmm. this look of, like, I don't blame you. Like, yeah, because you, right. you get the feeling like Tommen probably would have pardoned him or, like, something would have been better with Tommen. And Tyrion knows that and he's like, I... I get it. It's this isn't on you. Peter Dinklage makes so many just wonderful reactions during this. I'm like, when Shay shows up, it's just like everything just cracks.
0: Varys is, uh, sadly, my friend, I never forget a thing when Tyrion asks him if he remembers telling him that, uh, he saved the, the kingdom and like his actions at the Blackwater were heroic. Yeah. And then Varys is just like, I can't do anything for you right now. Right. Um, which is heartbreaking and then kind of redeemed later, which is nice.
2: And speaking of heartbreaking and redemption, you can tell the whole time that Jamie like fully believes Tyrion and he's just like trying Mm. to help him. And he's just standing there like,
0: but he's, but guys, well, and something that I haven't caught before is Marjorie as Mm. well. There's a lot of shots of her watching throughout the trial being like, I actively know that this is not the truth. (laughs) And I, I can't say anything because, like, that would destroy my family. Basically,
2: she's she and Sansa are the only ones that know the truth of how Joffrey died. Right at this point, because Olenna and, tells Marjorie and yes, little uh, Littlefinger tells Sansa. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I but did I, have one question, and yeah. maybe I'm speaking
1: too far ahead. Do we need more? Of an explanation for Shay turning on Tyrion. I'm not I mean, sure if if it's if it's more so the 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 show leaving it up to the imagination in terms of like, well, Tywin ordered her to come visit him, so who knows what happened. Yeah, but I feel like the way that it's been built up in the show, where where she's like so not obsessed, but she she like she is devoted, devoted to Tyrion. Yeah. Or like she has displayed herself as being devoted to Tyrion in basically every scene for the past two and a half seasons. Um, I don't know. It's something feels off there for me, and I don't know if it requires more explanation or if I'm
2: just overthinking it. I don't know. I mean, it, it, clearly it's revenge. It's revenge for you know shunning her and all that. But
0: well, I think I think you could also argue tywin is the most powerful man in the seven kingdoms right now and it's like what he can offer her protection he can coerce coerce her you know like he can threaten her a million different ways like i don't know if it's just that i think that it it expands beyond that as well to like yes she probably did not really have a choice and now she's actually been living with tywin this whole time and so uh she can also be angry at Tyrion for putting her in this position like there's there is a lot there that i think they could have expanded on um, yeah, and it's, it, could it is be a under threat. Yeah. It is as far as I remember also a problem in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh I believe it's the same case where it's just kind of like she steps out of the picture and then when she comes back in it's like ah crap.
2: Yeah, I think in the book she's like <laughs> what paid, like they pay her off to do it, which which be like feels that. even more like shallow, <laughs> makes her I mean, the, she does have I
0: think also the book generally makes it more directly like uh, she is in it for the money. Yeah. Um, if I, if I, it's been a while since I have read these sections, but I want to say that as the case is that it's a little bit more like shallow and obvious to everyone, but Tyrion. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the show does try to take it a little more like, no, she does, she does care about him. Like she has yeah. some feelings for him. Um. But yeah, it would, and I think especially because of that change, it would be nice to have some additional flushing out of what was going on in her mind. Um, I th- it's I just think, hard because they
1: don't give us a chance to learn that well I'm trying to think of the best place to put that because obviously you know with the twist like we need her to be gone and then for her for that to be a big surprise and we need that to be gutting for Tyrion and the audience like I get that and then when, T- when Tyrion goes to actually confront her I don't know how you choreograph that scene properly because <laughs> yeah. she immediately goes to try and stab him so yeah. I don't yeah. think that works there I think the best way to do it is is to add just a few lines in the conversation between Tyrion and Tywin mm. before sure. he shoots him. I, I feel like that's I don't know because
0: they mention her, but they don't really. Tywin yeah. is just kind of like Tyrion, you stop stop loving horrors. What are you doing?
2: Right, because um, yeah, this basically is what he, he says. Yeah, this is where all where all the they don't mention Taisha in all this, which I yeah. didn't feel like it hurt Tyrion's arc. But it did seem odd to not mention a thing that was, like, a huge thing from earlier in the series. Not that I feel like omitting that reveal and all that stuff hurt my enjoyment of the show at all. But I just felt like, why did... It seems like they could at least acknowledge, like, also Taisha.
0: Yeah. um,
2: I don't know. Because I don't remember
0: if he really brings up... No, he he actually definitely does uh, bring up Taisha in the books. Now that I think about it, too, because Ty- the original thing is that he's talking to Jamie, yeah, uh, and then Jamie brings up the fact that oh, there was this whole other layer, and Tywin actually screwed you over even more than
1: mm-hmm. you knew, uh, and Taisha did love you or whatever the well, whole. Deal isn't of. it? Isn't the whole idea that when Jamie reveals this extra bit of information, it it, it sets Tyrion on. a a much darker path where he, he blames Jamie and he basically like disowns his family and he like, I hate everyone. So, so like what we're left with him at the end of this is just like, it's very sad and depressing, but where, where he's left off in the books at that point is much more vengeance filled, I guess.
0: Uh, I don't know if that's accurate. That vengeance as like
1: apathy. Um, Mm, okay. Which
0: we, I think we'll get some of in the next season, but I, I just remember a lot of the, whichever book he's in, I think it's Dance Dance of Dragons, um, the fifth one, uh, I remember there being just a lot of, yeah, Tyrion drank a lot uh, and, and threw up a lot because he was drinking a lot, and uh, <laughs> he was very <laughs> sad, God. like, I think there's a lot of that, which is, I mean, it it makes sense why it would be a lot more, like, aggressive uh, in the books. Um I know there are a lot of people, or because of the fact that they've got the whole Taisha thing, I know there are a lot of people who uh, did not like the fact that they took that out, and also, uh, I think he, we're jumping way ahead to episode 10 now, I guess, I think he also uh, was more directly, like, just murdering Shay. I don't remember if he, it's something about in the book where he came up behind her maybe and saw her. I don't remember if Mm -hmm. she was, like, sleeping or something like that, but basically, I think in the book he attacks her, Rather than reacting to her, and then you know reacting to that with killing her. So I don't know exactly. I
1: I prefer it much more in this one. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I I
0: think you know a lot of people call it like, oh, you're you're whitewashing Tyrion and making him not as like dark and complex as you want him to be. But it's also like at a certain point, you still have to enjoy watching the character. Yeah, I I think Um,
1: I I think thematically it works better because it's 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 somebody attacking him. Like the the whole thing is like he's he's. mm -hmm thought of himself as a victim for such a long time. And he's constantly getting, you know, he starts to, to make his way in the world a little bit. And then he gets, you know, put back down in this place. And it's like, it's just that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like thematically that scene by changing it to having her attack first and having it. Ultimately it's not self-defense because he does go further than he should. Um, in that situation, but I don't know. I, I feel like that works better.
2: Yeah, I I Maybe agree. It doesn't because I think the the other way is so dark that it's like, well, I still want, I still want to like Tyrion,
0: <laughs> and you can also find yourself putting yourself in the shoes of a character like that. Yeah. better in the books, and where Agreed. you can expand on character thoughts and you can just sit with a character and have them like explain and justify their worldview. Whereas with the show, you you have to be able to still. Enjoy the character based on his actions. If the show is trying to set him up as a protagonist, which ultimately it seems like, I, I think no one would disagree that it is. Yeah, um, as someone you're supposed to be kind of
2: rooting for. <clears throat> so, yeah. Do we want to move on to episode seven? Sure. Uh, I was going to say real
0: quick about yeah. six. They they Gah! finally they finally address Daenerys uh, in the small council and yeah. like treat her like a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, ah, we should probably. Uh, this would probably be a thing.
2: Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah um, that's when Tywin points out, like, when Cersei's like, oh, it's just and it doesn't matter. He's like, Tywin says, no, it does, because he's very smart, and you were stupid when you sent him away. <laughs> and Varys is also uh, basically low-key rooting
0: for Daenerys. He's like, oh, she's doing great. She's got dragons, she's got ships, <laughs> she's got armies. Yeah, she she's doing fine. It's like a really a really bad friend telling you how your ex is doing. <laughs> 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 um, And, uh... Yeah, he uh, he also I think jumps in on the oh yeah you you definitely shouldn't have sent Barristan off because uh, he's he's totally just like rocking as her advisor man it's great <laughs> like they're, they're doing awesome over there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so in episode seven you've got speaking of Daenerys one of my notes is it's a me Den- denario because Daenerys and Dario <laughs> totally do it. Um, do what? Sex with each other. They tell secrets all <laughs> night. Um, I no, think... uh, that happens. And then Jorah's all sad about it. But then this is this is a point where Jorah is talking about how if you if Ned Stark had treated justice the way you treat justice, I wouldn't be here to help you. So like maybe there's something to. A modicum of mercy and uh and, and again i think like all all of this needed better layering and clarity of of to, to to prevent future criticisms of the character but like that's that's a really good conversation i'm like oh i see where both of you mm-hmm. are coming from i understand why jorah and jorah and Barrison at no point are like don't punish the slavers they're like find a different way of yeah. going about this than well, just killing and
0: them. specifically in this her response to oh hey they started slavery again in yunkai after she's just had the conversation with his dar where his was like hey my dad was was trying to argue against this you know he, he was he was actually a good guy like you, you yeah. killed him you, you, you dealt this punishment without paying attention to who you were killing uh, she's then like, "I want you to kill all the ma- the masters in yeah. Yugay."
1: Like, <laughs> didn't you just learn something here? Shouldn't you? Shouldn't you think about
2: this? Hey, let me
1: let me send Dario. He's a he's a master politician, <laughs> but that I mean, he kills everything he <laughs> he's, sees. He's a
0: mercenary. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I'll send the guy whose dad I killed. <laughs> he'll he'll make a good argument to them about. How what a great leader I am! It's just look. Yeah. The he diplomacy
1: says could use some work. That's all. I'm look, saying. look. He said I was the best leader. I'm quoting him on that. I've got it <laughs> written down somewhere. <laughs>
2: um, yeah. We've also yeah. Uh, we get a lot of we get Arya in the mountain finding the the farmer dying. Um, I read all of that as a scene. Uh, all that whole scene is a reference to waiting for Godot, and apparently sure. that actor has is known for like being in waiting for Godot a lot in England really? and a lot of productions of it. Yeah. So that's like huh. a little in reference. Um, and that's another moment of Arya being faced with death. And this time someone wanting to not, he's like, no, I know I'm dying, but like, I, I want to stay alive as long as I can before I go. Um, which I, which I thought was neat. Um, we do see hot pie again as a very invasive waiter, <laughs> that waiter <laughs> who you're like, thank you. But we also don't, they're like oh the pie is good he's like thank you and then he just sits down you know the secret to a good kidney pie (laughs) i have uh he also says winter hell again yes yes yes. um
0: and his description of the hound which i have specifically written down is big ugly fellow foul mouth with a face like a burnt ham not friendly (laughs) it's so good (laughs) i i wrote down i mentioned i think this is last week uh Maybe before that, the one before uh, that. In in my notes, I, I had one at one point written White Walker lore in all caps with spaced out. Um, and I, this time, I've done this twice. And the first one is Hot Pie. <laughs> it's, just, it's just Hot Pie. Hot yeah, pie. Hot
2: Pie, the great hero. Um, <sighs> I, I, I will him. say this episode brought me my first criticism of Brienne, which is don't be that mean to Pod. He didn't like. <laughs> I know. I get that he's not a great squire, but. Whenever he says, she'll, she'll give him the, like, slow burn, like, you know what? Maybe you have earned my respect. And, like, he's totally earned your respect. Like, he's super good. I get that he's, like, not great at starting a fire, but, like, don't be so mean to pod. Come on. um I, And how do, we get to see uh, Arya kill Rorge That was neat. Uh, and specifically, it's it's a great scene because she's uh,
0: she doesn't know his name. Yeah. And so there's this whole conversation she has with a hound where she's telling the hound what he did. And the Hound's like, hey, what's your name? And she's like, my name's Rorge, And then she's like, thanks. And then she kills
2: him. <laughs> it's great. And I wanted to ask, so in the book, there's this whole thing where Cersei talks about being a child and someone, like, foretelling her fate at the mm-hmm. hands of a younger brother. Is that in the show?
1: It is. It's okay.
2: not the exact same
1: Isn't prophecy. Isn't that literally the first scene of the next season? I think so. Oh, okay. cool, cool. Um, that, that, so it, I, I had stuff to say about that, but that's cool. We can wait. It's, it's a little pared down. Um,
0: gotcha. Because gotcha. I think they were like, George, do you know where you're
1: going with this? Yeah, like, if hmm. I remember correctly, there was a big <laughs> kerfuffle because they actually leave out a couple of details yes. that, that are apparently important. I don't know. Supposedly. we. I mean, the, well, the thing is, it's a. It, George likes to
0: leave a lot of prophecies around, and some people like to theorize on these prophecies. Yeah. And so they use the very specific wording of these to apply to things, and it's like, we don't even know if he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Meanwhile, D&D are
1: just like square peg and round hole. We can't do this, guys. <laughs> jo- yeah. jo- George
0: R. R. Martin is the he's he's the Benje Ge- ben, I can never say it right. Benjeserit. <laughs> ben <laughs> Gesserit, ben, Bene Gesserit, ben, ben, yeah. ben Gary. Um <laughs> he, his Dar Zolorek. Uh he he is his own his own uh sandwich. God. <laughs> <laughs> I just am trying to make this point. He is his own Dune Witch, right. uh, put it, putting a prophecy in place for himself to revisit later, because he doesn't actually know what he's doing with it. He's just like, I'm going to use this at some point. It's, I'm going remind, to seed
2: it now. It reminds me of Battlestar Galactica, where very often in the early parts of that show, they there's this like vision about, yes, the opera house, then the, the whatever at the opera house, and da-da-da-da. And then at the end, they, they kind of satisfy what that Mm -hmm. means. And I believe I read an interview with the creator and they were like, yeah, so did you always know that was what the opera house meant? And he was like, no, I just thought it was cool imagery and we would just figure it out. (laughs) And I was like, you, Ron, it's a real mystery box. Oh (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, But we, uh, you know, then we get all the, uh, all the stuff with Peter being just super gross and kissing Sansa and being gross and Robin Mm -hmm. just being a different kind of gross. Robin. (laughs)
0: He yeah. he does say the line, uh, "Your your snow castle was already ruined because it didn't have a moon door," which is pretty good. <laughs> which
2: is quite good. Fair enough,
0: Robin. Fair enough.
2: <laughs> and then and then that's such a weird moment because I'm like, I didn't like Lysa, and I'm not sad that she's gone, but I don't like when Littlefinger's on screen. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't like when Littlefinger's happy though. I don't like when he's just a re- extant. <laughs> um, I want uh, I want him and the Mountain to just hang out in the Sept of Baylor in season. Six six or seven or whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I do want to talk about Dario.
0: Dario because I think his recasting does hurt that relationship with Daenerys. Hmm. Um because I think it's hard to quite like I think the the track of Dario being very attracted to her and trying to woo her over gets very it gets bumped off the rails a little when mm. we recast Dario because we've started to establish, okay, we, we get the chemistry between the previous actor, uh, at, at screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, Daenerys, we, we get that like that, you know, that, that's starting to come together. There's a little bit of him trying to woo her and, and he wants to do stuff for, her. uh, but then in this season, they really ramp that up and it would feel more natural. I think if it was the same character and now he's just like, all right, I've established myself in your, in your, uh, group and yeah. now I'm going to uh, try to seduce you. Uh, whereas this feels like, oh, there's a new character here, and he really loves Daenerys, and I don't know. I found that distracting, and especially like where he talks about how uh, he would watch over Marine while she goes to um, the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah. Uh, that That I had a hard time buying. I was like, you're a mercenary who's known this lady a few months. You, yeah. are, <laughs> really? That's what you want to do now?
2: I don't know. No, I I I agree, and especially because he, it's not like they just. It's just a different face. Like he's his clothing is totally different, hair is totally different. Like he's a he's a different person, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it's it, it makes it harder to be like this. Feels like a new character, even though I know it's not. It feels like a new entity. Uh, well, so then in episode eight my first note is the Reigns of Castamere is basically the only song in Westeros. Um, that and the, there's the bear in the maiden fair. That was the the other only song. It's the (laughs) don't stop believing. And I don't know what's another big song. Um, wanted dead or alive. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah. Or like (laughs) wicked game by Chris Isaac. So, (laughs) um, back to funk by the Gees. Uh, yeah, and then I wrote, that, like, the wildlings really are, just, like, just, they're, they're, they're terrible. Like, the wildlings are terrible. But grit does spare Gilly and the baby, which I liked Because I mm-hmm. like Gilly a lot. Um, this is where we get Dayworm, where Greyworm sees Missandei <laughs> naked, and then she stares at him, and he st- they just stare at is, each other a lot. Is that, is that the accepted ship name? Is that uh, it's, it's the one I wrote out of my own head. Because that's, that's pretty good. I've got to say. A day worm. It's a
1: day worm. <laughs> the, the shot of him, like, going underwater to be like, uh, uh, hide! <laughs> I didn't think that was very funny. that good. He was like,
2: oh, no. bees <laughs> <laughs> Time to Rambo my way out of this one. Um, was that Rambo who did Talk, that? Or was that Deer Hunter? It was Deer Hunter, I think. Um, sure.
0: Uh, Talking about uh, Littlefinger, I wanted to highlight this because he really gets lucky a lot. (laughs) Like, he, I mean, Sansa completely bails him out in this episode, which is a great scene where uh, she's kind of telling a half-truth about, you know, the fact that Lysa was jealous of her and revealing that she is Sansa Stark, but also hiding the fact that, like, Littlefinger totally wants to uh, be a creeper and uh, stuff. Um and uh, yeah, like he, th- there's just he does a lot of things
1: that are like, wow, you're really, uh, you're really not like confident that this is going to land correctly. Yeah, yeah, I'm not uh, really sure what anyway. his game plan was because he's like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kiss Sansa, and it feels like it's very on purpose for Lysa to be positioned where she sure. is to see him, mm-hmm. and then to get jealous and freak out. That way, he has the opportunity to kill her. Like that seems all pre-planned yeah. on his part. But then it gets to the next part where he's being questioned by all the people of the Vale, and it's like, did you think two steps <laughs> beyond pushing right. her down the moon door? It it feels like in a, in a lot
0: of the same way that we get uh, him in season two where he's, you know, trying to uh, say, tell Catelyn that he's available after uh, yeah. he betrayed Ned Stark and got him, uh, got him decapitated. Uh, or like where he's trying to, um, you know going get into Marjorie's skin because she's uh, with Rinley and Rinley's gay and like that doesn't work at all. Like he he keeps I, it seems like he overestimates his ability to convince people with his words a lot. Like it's actually his actions that usually are the things that yeah. have impacts. Whereas he constantly is just like, oh, I can I can talk this person out of doing this uh, and then fails horribly uh, at doing that. Like he overestimates what he can do with his actual right. uh,
2: convincing of people. His charisma. I'm going to make one of those like Facebook ant memes where it's like a picture of Littlefinger and it says, a person's words can lie, but their actions will always tell you if they're a true friend. <laughs> and also a minion is there. <laughs> it's a minion, but
0: he's got the weird goatee mustache
2: combo. the. <laughs> chair. <laughs> oh, crew. Gru, I will serve you in your reign. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine, just ima-
0: viewers. Please, please stand by for technical di-
2: difficulties. Just imagine, himself. like any of the Minions movie posters, but it's just a bunch of little fingers. Oh, 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 oh! Kevin, Bob Stewart. Okay, that's oh my god, Oh, that made me happy. Um, now now talking about Sansa with the stuff, does she do we are we supposed to believe that she really does believe in Littlefinger, or is she just playing the long con? Is she just like I I I don't because it, it seems like this opportunity for her to be like you guys protect me. Littlefinger's a monster. I want to go be with you guys in the Vale, but then she doesn't. Are we supposed to take that as she's totally bought into Littlefinger's myth? Or is she like, I can't trust Littlefinger, but I know that they can't keep me safe from him if I... Like, I don't want him as my enemy, so let me try to stay in his good graces. Is is that where we're supposed to be at with her?
0: Well, she has the, like, line, or the conversation with him where, uh... Basically, he's like, why do you trust me? And she's like, I don't really, but... I, I, I know what you are, and mm-hmm. she's already just kind of proven that she can manipulate and kind of keep him in the, the palm of her hand right? Um, in, in some situations. And she's like, I know who you are. I don't know who these guys are. Sure. I don't know if I can trust them. I don't know what they do with me. They might give me back to the Lannisters. Like, I think mm. that's where she's coming from, is more... Because I, I, I think Little, Littlefinger specifically has the line, the devil you know, or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... I feel like that's where we're going with that. Okay. Yeah. And
2: then and then she dyes her hair so that people can't recognize her as Sansa. I'm guessing that's why that is.
1: Yeah, I think that's the idea because yeah. they're. Okay. I, I think based on where they're going next, uh, they have to travel a long way. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh,
2: what else is also oh. in
0: this episode is the the reek, uh, yeah stuff where Ramsey sends reek to. The uh, to Moat Kalen, and I think that scene is great, and Alfie Allen is yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he really is. He's convincing the Ironborn that Ah, oh, yes, I am Theon, and and they treat me well at the Dreadfort, and uh, I'm here to uh, par- per- uh, persuade you guys to go ahead and go back home because it's fine; they're going to let you go free. And uh, Alfie Allen just starts like twitching and mm-hmm. uh, sort of shorts. Short circuiting towards the end of that because the guy is like, <laughs> I don't believe you at all. Don't you like not have a penis? And <laughs> the is like, or uh, Theon is just starts twitching and is like, I, uh, Reek, I don't. Uh. And then one of the other guys just smacks the other guy in the head with a the the end of an axe and yeah cracks his head open. And
1: is like, all right, this sounds good. Cut to that guy being flayed <laughs> horribly. I didn't I, I, need that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I like how we're constantly reminded that Re- Ramsey is essentially evil Theon with a little bit of John in there. Like, he just has like a ton of father issues where he's like, "Yep." The only time we see him being sincere is when he's trying to, like, when m- he's talking to Roos. Now, yep. is it is it a really that big of a deal that the Boltons hold Moat Kalen, or is that just to build stuff with Ramsey and Reek?
0: It is okay. That, that's that's a whole thing that they constantly talk about. I think in the books as well as the show that. Kalen is like the the crunch point between the north and the. I don't know if it's in the north or if it's in the um the Riverlands, but it's it's like right there, so they can't people can't cross
2: it, basically. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, This is like a swampy area or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, okay, okay, that makes sense. And this is when Jorah gets uh found out that Mm -hmm. that he was a spy, and he doesn't. I always get annoyed in movies and TV shows where people keep saying, no, just please listen. Just, just please. Instead of just saying the thing, like, I don't know, just, sure. ex- just explain. <laughs> I understand you're in like a tizzy, but just like, just get to know. the point. Because being it's like, also- I have served you. I have. Ser- and it's like, Jorah, just tell her that like, I don't know. There's some, I feel like, I, I can't remember what, but I feel like during that scene, there was some way he could have been clear. I don't think it would have changed things, but.
0: I was gonna say he, he did a he did actually spy on her so that's a no he did tough he did kill no
2: for sure <laughs> or maybe maybe I just wanted him to say like but I stopped <laughs> like but I've given well, it up and haven't since or something so
1: just just to confirm the note that they get it's it's signed by King Robert right yes. yeah it's a so is that the note from is it the first season I guess it would have to be right no I, uh, my understanding is that it's like it's a it's a
0: copy. Um, I think there's a reference to this in one of the King's Landing scenes. I could be wrong, um, but I believe the idea is that Tywin had that note sent again to try to de- like. I think when they're talking about this in the Small Council, um, hmm. I want to say there's some reference to it where Tywin is is basically uh, trying to destabilize Daenerys, okay. and so he re- he resends the pardon. Oh. Uh,
2: I
1: don't know if they explicitly say that, but I think that's the idea is that he they okay. resend the pardon so that it's like oh. Okay, that that would make sense. But yeah, I don't think it's explicitly said. Never. For some reason, the, the Jorah-King's Landing connections are always sure. just a little too fuzzy for me.
0: Yeah.
2: It would have been great if there had been like a whole episode that was just one little like messenger guy. Like, just always one step behind Daenerys trying to get that letter to Jorah. <laughs> like, he gets to the, like, Yunkai, I'm here to see the Khaleesi. Oh, she's in Astapor. Ugh. Oh. <sighs> Track, 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 track. He runs
0: through the house of the end, dying.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he like he he goes up and he knocks on the thing and he's like, "Kalecia, are you in there?" And you hear Zaro go, "Uh, no, she's not in here." Okay, well, do you know where she is? I don't know. Okay, bye. Wait. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh dear. I think I think my favorite moment in the whole show is when. uh the hound and aria get to the veil and they're told <laughs> that Lysa is dead and all aria can do is just break down laughing yeah that's um, great i think that's that is just such a perfect moment
2: <laughs> yeah i thought that was really funny uh we also get peter uh Baelish foretelling Mm-hmm. uh shay and tywin's deaths in this as happens a lot because braun in the previous episode was like if i fought the mountain maybe i could dance around him and get a few hits and get him on his back but if i make a misstep then he'd crush me like yeah the, sh- the show is constantly like telling you what's coming yeah uh which i think is pretty neat and then of course we have the aforementioned battle and how oh boy <laughs>
0: there There is a good bit where uh, Jamie is watching the Mountain and over in a fight, and uh he looks like Vince McMahon from the McMahon from the <laughs> yeah. uh the meme of where you, you got Vince and he's like reacting to multiple things in, in an escalating <laughs> manner and that's that's the face that Nikolai Kosterwaldo is making is just Ooh.
2: <laughs> oh. Okay. Well Okay.
1: That is a nice touch because beforehand, uh Tyrion is having a conversation with Jamie where he's like, Do you think he could possibly take down the mountain? Like, does he have a shot? Yeah. And Jamie's like, I don't know. Never seen him fight. And then he no. and, and then he you see his reactions during the fight he's like, Oh, I am impressed he is a good fighter.
2: Yeah. yeah. Little
1: character touches. Mm-hmm. What's better That's than that? Why those this? cutaway reactions Na- are always so important?
2: Na- Knights being mm-hmm. dudes. <laughs> When they have, like, they, they show uh, his, like, Oberyn's, like, squire or whatever rubbing the blade of his spear with a cloth. Um, we think to clean it, or perhaps to dirty it. With poison? Dun, oh. dun, dun. Game of Thrones, will be back. Brought to you this week by... <laughs> Stamps.com! <laughs> Stamps.com, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all sad and awful, and Ellaria's screams will haunt my sleep.
0: Yeah, um, I believe the, the book explicitly has Tyrion
2: throw up afterwards, and we didn't need that. I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. they had the foresight to be like, we don't, we're not well, going to. And, and in the book, it's like he he the the mountain punches his face and knocks his teeth out, and then he punches his face again and basically caves it in. Like he doesn't squeeze it. Mm. He just like smashes him twice. So it's it's not as bad. <laughs> I. I don't know, like like everything
1: about that is, I don't know if it's going too far or if it's just like, if it's perfectly executed. You know what I mean? Where, it, yeah. where it's like it, it is sure. supposed to be gory. It is supposed to be like this horrifying moment that's supposed to shock you. Yeah, because like yeah. even the the cutaway, which which of course they used me for as stand in, um, where where <laughs> the mountain rolls over and you just see what's left of oh, it. Oh god! And they show it. Yeah. And it's like I. I don't know, uh, effective, but I don't... But maybe <laughs> unnecessary. I mean, this
0: I, this I think is really... Like, even more than The Red Wedding, it really is the one where it's like, guys, couldn't yeah. you have just let... Like, couldn't we have just... Just this once? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that have been okay? Um, This is where I, I do want to talk about what I said earlier about yeah. the the fact that I think it would have been very easy for our our boys david and dan <laughs> to be sitting here looking down the 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 barrel of the next half of this half of the series basically um being like okay we started the series in 2011 uh george released a book shortly after that that was great uh we've just caught up with that book more or less there's a there's a few lingering plot threads but we've caught up with a lot of it uh, in terms of our main characters at least and uh we uh we now have to figure out how this thing ends and and George has not released another book um, and it's been four years. <laughs> what are we, what are we doing? And specifically, and I, I want to talk about and go into a deeper dive on, on what exactly the situation is when they get uh, into season five. Um, I guess there's, there's a decent amount of content in season five that is from the books, but, There's a lot that isn't, and a lot of the stuff that isn't is, uh, one, it has to do with the Ironborn, who we'll talk about Mm. more, Um, but two, a lot of it has to do with Dorne, and there's like five or six new characters that get get introduced uh, in in the last two books of the series uh, that are about Dorne, and talking about, like, oh, we have to reintroduce this entire new, like, country and and political system and characters, and, like, you have to get invested in these guys and what they're up to and who they're backing. Um, I feel like it would have been so easy for them to be like, you know what? People really like Oberyn. It would be a lot to kill. Like, if we did this, people might say we were going too far. Uh, Maybe we should give the guys, maybe we should keep Oberyn around. Maybe, you know, the the Walking Dead, like, all the time, they, you know... (laughs) That's true. they, They... They'll change things up. They'll leave They'll leave guys around. Why can't mm-hmm. we do that? We can kill them later. We can make it upsetting later, but we can give him maybe a more heroic death or something. And then we'd have a really fun character and presence in King's Landing, and then we can send it back to Dorne, and we can use him for the Dorne stuff. Like, I think people who, and, and I'm, I'm going to shift to a, a small rant about this that will probably only increase as we get farther along. People who think that D&D, like, sold out for... Mm the final season or whatever, like they, you know, weren't committed to George's vision and they wanted out and were tired or whatever. Um, First of all, go watch some behind the scenes stuff because the production level of the final seasons is absurd. And I will repeat that point again. Don't, don't you doubt me. Um, But also like, (laughs) there's, there's no way that they did something that was not what George wanted because they already believed in him wholly in terms of, what he was doing and and how he was executing the, the series and the story, because like there, uh, any other showrunner would have been so tempted to be like, I'm going to change some stuff here because it's just too dark. It's just too upsetting. You know, people aren't going to, aren't going to buy it. People are going to hate us for killing off all these characters. Like, you know, Ned is one thing. The red wedding is, is a lot. Um, but I think at this point when you've got one brand new character, he's doing great. Everybody loves him. He's, he's super charismatic. Uh, the the fact that they kill him off i think is and i i remember watching the show when this aired and being like i, I wonder if maybe they'll do it maybe they'll save it what if they just saved him yeah. what, you know what's the big deal why why not and it's like <laughs> the, you know it would it would have been going against the tone of the show and the the purpose of the show um and the story that it's based on and so i i just i wanted to talk about that a bit to appreciate the fact that they did not go for that because i think sure. or, there are many 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 justifications you can make and if if like hbo had any say at all i yeah. think in the show if if they i mean they, obviously hbo is known for letting people kind of do their own creative thing um so maybe that's not the best example but if if this was an amc show if this was i don't know fx or if this was i don't know a movie series in hollywood yeah. because if it was tnt <laughs> where they know drama sure <laughs> <laughs> they know over and would have been good for drama um but I think th- there are so few spaces where they would have been given the freedom to do this, and so few showrunners who would have been willing to do that and kill off a character that they're having so much fun with. Uh, and I, I want to—I have to appreciate that. I—I I, I think yeah. that, especially as we get later, and I think it. This goes a lot of what I'm saying goes for the ending, uh, which again we'll we'll talk about in great detail once we get there. But like I, that you know the it would have been so easy to veer from the creative vision because they didn't feel comfortable with it or you know, they didn't think audiences would like it. It's like, no, this is, this is the story we're telling. Uh, we're getting yeah. an HBO to give us millions of dollars for it, and uh, so they, they trust us, and we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's neat and also very
2: sad because is a great character. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you, you know, he would, if this had been, show was on USA, he would have been fine because characters are welcome so you know <laughs> could have been a real burn notice is on that channel i don't know sure um but fortunately we do get episode nine. Oh yeah the watchers mm-hmm. on the wall my first note is i love sam um mm-hmm. sam really i loved him in this episode yep. i love him in yep. general but he has that great monologue to pip when pip is like are you aren't you afraid like and he's like, well, you know, I wasn't afraid because I was, I, I, I was nothing. And when you're nothing, you're not really afraid, because I was just, we were alone and beyond the wall, and there's a White Walker. I don't know why. I've never seen that. Like, I, I was just, there was nothing. And he said, but you're afraid now. And Sam says, I'm not nothing anymore. And I was like, I'm gonna cry. This is amazing. I love <laughs> him so much. Um, Every
1: interaction he have he has with Pip is just wonderful. The, the first it's so good the the opening bit where where Gilly's at the gate and Pip's like Sir Alister or ordered we can't do it. and he's like open the effing gate <laughs> I have never
2: heard you swear <laughs> well, yeah well best get used to it <laughs> 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 it's um, so great and then I wrote oh curse word there's a mastodon <laughs> <laughs> because a giant does ride a woolly mammoth oh it's there's so also great.
0: it is great uh. Also, I mentioned The Walking Dead. Um, This, which is, I think, one of many examples in this show uh, that kind of breaks this trope, um, has Sam giving a heartfelt goodbye to Gilly, and he's like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to make it back. It's going to be great. Um, You know, the the touching character moment. Uh, Many other shows, I I pick on Walking Dead, but many other shows do that sort of thing where they just sort of build up a character and then immediately kill them off because it's like, aren't you sad now? Yeah, um, a Walking
2: Dead does that all the time. Once nice. a character tells you their backstory, it's like, okay, well. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, and this is it's a nice. A lot of most of the other Night's Watch characters we care about die, but uh, not Sam. No.
2: no so yeah, it's he actually he actually does come back, and that that's so wonderful. And uh, I like the contraptions where they're on the wall on the top of the wall where they like tilt them over and they can fire down mm-hmm. on the. That's so good. That's that's what I,
1: I really appreciated about this one, and of course it's it's what I always appreciate from a good big battle scene. It's, it's the amount of strategy that's put into it, and it's yeah. the logic of all of the different kind of tools at their disposal and how they use them. Like the giant scythe that they just uh-huh. use for people climbing up the wall?
0: The other note where I just wrote something down in big capital letters is the scythe. <laughs> uh, because it's it's so good, and that scene where Ed is like releasing the scythe, and they they smash it, and you see it smashing through the wall because it's yep. not it's still like covered in ice, and it's it's behind the wall sort of, so it's behind the first layer, yeah. And it slices through and just obliterates the guys climbing the wall, and it's so and good you, and awful and gross, and I love it. And Ed. you just
2: see a guy's hand holding on to his, like Titan yes. that he was. The the two notes that I wrote in all capital letters are Pip, and ghost because (laughs) sadly we do lose pip and that's awful we lose him to igrit but Mm -hmm. later when uh, it's just like my whole body was like electrified um it was like a pikachu warged into me um (laughs) sam uh, sam is getting john to come and that and like that was when i was like john okay now we're gonna be okay because john comes down and immediately starts like killing wildlings but he gives Sam a key and he's like, Sam's like, I'm no good in a fight. And he's like, here, I need him more than I need you. And so then Sam opens the door and he's like, we need your boy. And like this adorable ghost is like, oh. and then just immediately flies out of his pen and just like mauls one of the wildlings. It's so great.
0: The the, the dire wolves in this series just have such swag. And they
2: just, yeah. they're just like, I'm here. i kill people. <laughs> he it's was so stuff. sweet. And then he just like obliterates that guy. Um, I did like how I, I just started referring to the Finns as Zaz in all this. Okay. Um that we just had a bunch of Zazes and Sam kills I think the Warg Zaz. Of course, John kills Thick Zaz, their leader, mm-hmm. and that was great. In a in a great duel. That I had yeah, forgotten about that. That is really a really good, really good fight.
0: Um the, it one of three that I think we get across these, these last three episodes here.
1: shoves uh, a yeah. hammer in his head. Yeah. Well, it, and it's great because... There's cause, uh, some
2: fire. Yeah. Th- uh, Thick zaz some... or, or Steer, as his name is, he's got this right. giant battle axe, and he's this huge dude, and so he's just swinging it, and John's just having to dodge and try to, like, get in until finally, like, Steer's got him, like, choked up against a wall, and John spits in his face and then hits him with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's it's so great. good. Yeah, and uh, I wrote that Janos Slint is basically Charles Lee from uh hamilton yes a
0: little bit a little bit <laughs> where he just retreats uh, and hides the whole time i really love grin being like J- janos it's it's time for your medicine let's go downstairs
2: <laughs> Yeah, <let's, let's laughs> that downstairs. was awesome oh do you I'll mean grin, you the giant killer <laughs> uh gren the giant killer is how i shall henceforth refer to him
0: oh my like that first of all i love when they send him down uh Or when John sends him down and he runs into Sam and Sam's like, what's going on? And Grin being like, we're going to, we're going to kill a giant to try to get in. You got to go help, help John or whatever. Uh, It has very um, kind of the same energy as the, the meme where it's uh, the astronauts come back from the moon and they're like, grab shotgun, pumps it. Moon's haunted. What? Moon's haunted. (laughs) (laughs) Keeps going.
2: Yep. Um, It's very much. Well, and then he has that wonderful thing where he and the other brothers start reciting their, the Night's Watch vows as the giant mm-hmm. charges them, and then the next time we see them, that giant is dead, but so is Gren. And that was like, I was the most sad. About, I was sad about Pit, but I was very sad about Gren because what a, what a heroic uh, departure. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah it's but one of the. Uh, I think one of the best <laughs> moments on the show. Like,
2: I, yeah, I it's wonderful. That is such an iconic moment for me. Um, And, of course, we get that beautiful, like, 360 shot of just the carnage. Like, Neil Marshall really just went to town in this episode. I think he just did a brilliant job with it. Um, Oh, man. What a a great battle. I I do wonder if it's a
1: little ridiculous with how long the battle actually goes for. Um, Because, like, every time we were cutting back down to, like... Like, the, the the battle, like, happening on the ground. I was just like, well, are the... I feel like one side would have kind of killed the other by now. <laughs> yeah, I just I had guess. that yeah, thought. Spe- specifically I, I, I in the courtyard, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's a TV battle, and it's, you know... Yeah. We know drama, so it, it's not that <laughs> big a deal. But it's just like, every time we cut down, I'm like, oh, it's just like the window dressing of a fight that's continuing to happen. Right. Sure. Right. I think... uh it works
0: because we established by the end of that 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 was sort of a, a Pyrrhic victory right. for uh, the Night's Watch. That they were like, oh, well, we we held them off for one night. Now uh, we got to figure out how to get them to stop because there's no way we can do that again. Um, but Yeah, it is a lot to to accept. Uh, but then also there's a giant scythe on the wall. So you know what? Mm-hmm. I think you got to accept some stuff. Yeah, it just the, uh, the
2: show. This episode balances the tragedy and the fun really, really well. And no. speaking of tragedy, grit. we lose Igritte, Yeah. which is which is bad. And, and Ollie... Ollie is so happy with himself. <laughs> <laughs> that moment is so great because that to me is like the nature of war, where mm-hmm. on the one hand you have for Ollie that, and, and in a way to the viewers that's like no, that's just that is justice for him. He's like. I was just an innocent kid living in a field, hanging out with my friends. She killed my parents and took all of that away from me. And now I have not only helped win this fight at the wall, but I've killed the specific wildling that killed my family. So that is a great moment for him. And he gives John this nod like, any time, brother. <laughs> well, even better than that, like within this
1: episode, there's an arc where, where like he is he is terrified and like he's yeah. he's cowering in a corner with his yeah. head, hands over his ears and and Sam's like, all right, I need you to do something simple for me. I need you to just get me up to the top.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then he's like, just go kill one. But then, so you have the like, no, for him that was justice, but on the other side, it was tragedy. For that, it was like, it was a grit and it was this person john loved and that we loved like because uh, who doesn't love a relationship that's super antagonistic um <laughs> where a woman's just really mean to her partner the whole time that's that's what love is we know drama <laughs> did you just dab for
0: that <laughs> <laughs> the listeners I, will never know but I, we'll d- know. I
1: did
2: it ironically so i think i'm okay <laughs> oh
1: okay good <laughs> i do love an ironic dab
2: <laughs> but no, yeah, but I, I like that moment and she gets out the one last you know nothing Jon Snow. And mm-hmm. and I think Kit Harrington plays that really well where he's it's this like how you know, this is kind of the only way this could end, but I still hate that this is how it ended and that it had that it did end this way, like that I, I wondered for a minute if she was gonna save him from steer when when yeah when they're fighting. But I thought uh yeah, it's 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 very moving. And then of course we get her her funeral um, at the next end of in the next episode yes in the yep. next one um, yep. because in the next one I I love when first of all I love that we we get to see Mancerator again Kieran Hines our old friend and he says oh yeah the giant that died it was like the king of the giants he was the last <laughs> of like he was the greatest giant that is alive and John goes oh Grin came from a farm yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it's this one then, last like well, yeah grin
0: that entire thing where first they toast egret and then they toast yeah. uh mag and grin is so yeah uh it, it's just i mean it's it's like the heart of the show like it's like that's yeah. the, those are the kind of moments that you're hoping the show continues to deliver because uh the, the just sort of yep everyone's dead this is sad Let's drink. <laughs> like
2: we're, we have, we we are we at least are here to honor them. Uh, it's, and this it's moment fun. of just like a, a character acknowledging a, a character we like, acknowledging that another character we like is cool. Yeah. Um, I also wrote that Stannis' beard is no match for Davos's beard. Yeah. Davos
0: just... looks great coming up on that horse when he when he's <laughs> riding sure. up to Raiders camp. He's he's looking he, good. He is the. Coolest he's here. Dude. He's here to
2: kill. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, I love Kick that button, moment because. Gum. Davos is just like it should be King Seaworth to you. (laughs) (laughs) I love this that that because it's a cool moment and you're like, oh man, Stannis is at the wall, and you're like, if you had been here eight hours earlier. (laughs) Like I love that it's like and Stannis is like, no worries, we're here to help. (laughs) But that also makes it so much more powerful to like the scrappy group of Night's Watchmen were like, No, we did it. (laughs) We handled it. I also thought talking of the the characters like Kind of foretelling their own deaths. uh Ed in a previous episode had been like, "Look, if I die, burn me. I don't want to come back." Given this whole thing about, "Hey, if I don't make it, da da da," and Ed survives, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> um, I feel like Ed, uh, but yeah. So now we've got the the dragon stone is at the wall, and Melisandre looks through like looks through the the funeral pyre f- flames at John, and you're like, "What does that mean?" Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Keep the really leeches funny. away from him <laughs>
0: yeah. Don't you bring no, no leeches near John Don't you know? Do when,
2: when John, when they're talking to Stannis And they're like, okay, we have to have a funeral But listen, we need to burn the bodies I wanted Stannis to be like, oh, you don't understand Burning <laughs> stuff is like Our favorite thing
1: Like Melisandre's yeah. already pouring the gasoline Around yeah, the body I was gonna say, St- look. St- Stannis
0: looks up from dropping the torch On the bodies, like, what? <laughs> Oh, we
2: we—that's like yeah, our main. Yeah, I thing heard you. Here. I knew
0: I knew that you wanted me to do that, so I, I went yeah. Ahead we and...
2: totally are. Little did you know, we're totally into burning Son, stuff over here, man.
1: You don't know that much about me, do ya?
2: <laughs> hey, listen, pumpkin. We we're burning stuff all day long. We're like a Ben Harper song over here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, the last the
0: last bit I wanted to say about the the battle, uh, there is. I think everyone talks about the big shot with the the giant shooting basically a javelin through a guy, mm-hmm. and then we we mentioned this, we've discussed this. Uh, there's also a really great shot at the beginning of the battle where we see the wildlings running up, and we've already kind of established this because we see Gilly going into Castle Black, and she looks over and sees the wildling camp, and then I think yeah. uh, we look at the wildling camp, and, and someone goes up to the the gate or something like that. So then we get this big panning shot where this geography that we've already pretty well established through... The, just the way the shots were set up. Um, now we get a full panning shot that looks at the wildling camp rushing towards mm-hmm. Castle Black, pans over Castle Black, goes up the wall, goes over, and then comes and looks down on this big panorama of the uh, the biggest fire the North has ever seen, and yeah. the whole army and the giants and everything. It's it's so good.
1: It looks it's great. Wonderful. Uh, it exactly. really does not look TV quality it it does a wonderful job just setting up the the geography of everything very quickly i like that i do recognize mm. that it's it's very simple but still um it helps to kind of establish that stuff instead of just dropping you right into the battle simpler action scenes have been messed up (laughs) yeah quite true (laughs) we've talked about many of them
2: yeah there's a great moment uh at, at, kind of at the beginning of the fight when like all the wildlings on the other side of the wall are like screaming and like ah like slamming their axes on their shields and they fire a bunch of flaming arrows and they all I think they hit like a couple of the wildlings and they all kind of get quiet and they go ah ah they just pick <laughs> up yelling again <laughs> it's, it's great the
0: entire uh Night's Watch set in general, or uh Castle oh, Black yeah. set in general, uh that which they get
1: a ton of mileage of throughout the series, but like it's it's well, just a great That is one thing that, that I, I appreciate the level of forethought on their part because I feel like that's something and they, they do, do this with some of the other sets on the show, sure. where where they didn't plan it properly, so maybe originally it's built a lot smaller than it would than yeah. you would need it to be for an action sequence like this. But if yeah. if I remember correctly, it's been fairly mm-hmm. consistent. The Castle Black set itself, yeah. Like,
0: and I don't know how much of that is. I am assuming they've got some sets that are like stage sets, and then they probably got some sort of real life construction because sure. they do a lot of real life construction of sets. Yeah, um, the, especially some of the later stuff we see is is just absurd. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know exactly how they handle that, but whatever they do, they it's I think it's exactly the same as it was in episode mm-hmm. one. It looks mm-hmm. like it
2: for sure. Um. So in episode ten, we have a moment that where we have the first time that you know Cersei tells Tywin about her and Jaime, um, and I think that's the first time that like it's straight up just confirmed because it's one of these things that a lot of people joke about and believe, but they've. They all seem to believe it like they believe a rumor. Tyrion hints about it a lot, but you never really know if Tyrion is like, oh, I totally believe that. Or if he's like, I'm still trying to figure it out or I'm like poking you with this rumor. But this is like the first time where Cersei's like straight up, no, this is a thing and you don't want it. Like you're not willing to accept it, um, which is which? You is mean to a, to a character that's not brand correct? Yes, yes, that's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> to a character that isn't brand. <laughs> and then she keeps pushing Tywin and, and he t- towards the window, but Tywin's on like the other side of the room, and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and she's like, this is just we're on the what, first floor, wait. what do you do? <laughs> Everyone knows that
1: I, Tywin Lannister, am a notorious hater of windows. <laughs> I've locked them all up.
2: <laughs> um, oh dear. There
0: is a she's also talking to Jamie after that scene where she tells Jamie like, yeah, I just told Tywin and you know, also you may have raped
1: me a few episodes ago, but it's fine. Who cares? Um, He he said, it's great. I said, nobody put Cersei in the corner.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's, there's specifically a line where she says, uh, I, I, I don't see any of the people talking about them or talking about them being Cersei and Jamie. Uh, like I can't see any of them. They're all too small for us. Uh, and, and Alex Prime, friend of the podcast, uh, had the insight to point out that this is very similar to the, uh, the vine of the kid with the spoons on his eyes that says, well, sorry, I didn't see you there. I'm just too busy blocking out the haters. (laughs) uh,
2: It's, it's valid. It's, you know, for sure. You know, I have a note here that like Jamie is so likable in this episode where he's so he's still trying to save Tyrion. he does save Tyrion when later Mm -hmm. he comes and he gets him out of the thing and they share a hug that is just so touching like the, the the brother hug is so great and you know they just they he kisses him on the head like it it makes the assault from early in the season even even more unnecessary that it's like yeah you're it it's you're not making him dimensional you're just throwing in like and, and he did this terrible thing, uh, development, he, shades of gray. No, you're just like, and here's this weird other thing.
1: Yeah. Because
2: throughout, and, I, and, and I, there's so many ways to make him complicated without going that far. And we already talked about all that. But I really like him in this, these batch of episodes where he's so fighting for Tyrion. And mm-hmm. he's, he was negotiating with Tywin about like, here's what you should do. Send him to the wall. I'll leave the Kingsguard. Give I'll get married oh, and have a kid.
1: That scene is just so heart wrenching because Tywin is immediately like, Okay, done. You you're yeah. doing exactly what I want. And just the the look yeah. on Jamie's face where he, he I, I love how it's it's so nonverbal uh, Custer Waldell's performance where he it's just like, Oh, this is what you wanted all along. Like, yeah. okay. Thanks. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What is – so Tywin, later before Tyrion kills him, he says the thing about, like, I wasn't – I was never going to execute you. You're my son. What was what was Tywin's plan then? Was he going to, like, come up with some other way? Because he sentenced Tyrion to death. So do I we I mean, ever... it could
1: still be because – I think he's the, lying. I think that's a desperation he, yeah. play because his son is aiming a crossbow that, at him. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's
0: the, right. the two ways to look at it is, one – he could be just be lying too. They do have in the first season um, when when Ned is sentenced to death for for being a traitor. Uh, they then have him apologize and and be like, uh, basically they say they establish that it would be perfectly fair to give him the uh, Night's Watch. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. be like, go up there instead, uh, right? Because he's confessed of his sins and what have you.
2: Right. So. All right. Okay. That makes sense. I didn't mention, but in the last episode, Maester Aemon is dope. He's so mm-hmm. good. <laughs> I like him a lot. Um, yeah, this episode has Daenerys chaining up her dragons, starting to learn that uh, they are vicious killing animals. well, mainly Drogon. Yeah. And so she chains up Bessarion and Rhaegal. Uh, the title "The Children" refers to several things.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I appreciate. I was just going to say, I appreciate that part of it because she's taking, like, an extreme measure. But at the same time, it's like, well, it's this, like, uncontrollable force that she's trying yeah. to deal with. Yeah. All she can do is take an extreme measure.
2: Yeah, that yeah. one's, I, I feel, like, it's sad, but I, it's justified. I'm like, no, I get why you, you can't really reason with these dragons.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Although, um, I, I do find it a little bit frustrating that they they don't give all that much screen time to her actually like being a mother to them in this season. So I feel like, I feel like a couple more attempts of her trying to, to help parent them properly. And they just like ignore her or whatever. Like we do get enough for me to be like, okay, that didn't come out of nowhere. But I feel like for me to really feel that, I feel like for a lot of the Daenerys stuff, it was just not really feeling it all that much. This this yeah, season, sure. I mean, it's fine, but it's not. I don't know. I do
0: like the scene before that where uh, she's talking to the guy who's like, "I'm old. These guys, my family liked me. Can I just keep keep working for? It? Can Can I just do that? <laughs> like, do I do I have to like go live in some house where I'm treated like crap? What can right. I, can I just stick with these guys? And mm-hmm. then she's like he keeps explaining to her very, very logical reasons as to why he actually was more comfortable in his previous life. Yeah. And she does ultimately come to what I think is the best option, which is give him a contract and be, or tell him like, all right, they can pay you. But as long as they're paying you, that's okay. Just like, Right, right. Although right. she also says that he can't do it for longer than a year, and it's like, ah, oh, yes, the the many job opportunities that will be available for him after one year. <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> uh, think I think
1: the idea is that he has the option to leave if he wants. Sure, and and so. they could probably renew the contract at the end of that yeah. year. I think yeah. that's the idea. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I, it's just yeah, funny. But, yeah. Her
0: initial reaction to that is very like, "What do you, I? You are no longer a slave. What do you to
1: just?" Freedom Just is be, freedom. You can go anywhere.
2: I did I everything understand. right. Always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um there's also a bunch of skeletons in this episode. Mm-hmm. I I have a note this that high fantasy stuff. <laughs> 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 Cuz Bran and his his uh, team Bran are are hiking up to the tree and then a bunch of popping out of the snow like daisies come all these skeletons and then mira starts fighting skeletons and then a leaf monster not a leaf monster but like a leaf person is like come with me jojen sadly gets stabbed up a bunch and then they're under a tree with a bunch of other tree people and then there's an old man who's like i am a three-eyed raven you could see the future and I was like, "This is great." <laughs>
0: a lot of stuff happens in Brand's plotline all at once, and we're like, "Why didn't yeah. you? Couldn't we have just gotten
2: here?" Soon? Stuff that hasn't happened in the book yet.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, and I think is he in the next season? Does he skip the next season? Oh, he remember. skips
2: the next season. Okay, yeah. Oh wow. Which
1: he he skips. He skips he, the he, next season. The three eyed Raven becomes Max Bond side out. Like a, yeah, ton of, uh, <laughs> a ton of we get all sorts the the um. I guess, is it the chi- child of the forest?
2: Yeah, she like the changes children.
1: character design completely. Like she really?
2: Yeah. About that? Um, I'm yeah. glad I know now that Bram's not in the next season, because <laughs> I would
0: have been yeah. disappointed. Um, and I think, because it's the same deal as like with the fourth and fifth. I don't know if he skips both the fourth and fifth book. I think he skips the fourth. And so I think he's only in the he fifth, and the fourth, I don't yeah. think he's in the fifth much. Not much. So no. it's like, uh, the we first, don't have a lot more for it. The
1: him. frustrating thing about Bran's plotline is that it seems like it's going to have so much, and I know I'm speaking a little bit ahead of myself because I do know how it ultimately sure. ends, but the fact that it's like, oh, he's like the most important character, and he's he's going to be the Three-Eyed Raven or whatever, and all this 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 high fantasy stuff, and it's like, but it's so boring. Sure. <laughs> it's <laughs> also not, like, I don't think it gets enough screen
0: time to... I don't know. I've. I think it's very much a casualty of the fact that there's not a lot to his stuff. Yeah. At this point in the books, and then they were like, "Right. Oh, you don't. You don't have any more books. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, where were you going? And that with it these? is. One, well, that it is like one of the lynchpins of the series, but we just don't know that yet, and so we just keep having to be like, "And here's Brand. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does suffer from like it never feels as important as it will come to be. At least not yet. Yeah um they i really like that whole sequence i liked all the crazy skeletons
0: there is i think the effects are a little bit rough um and i kind of wish they were just whites i think sure. that, I, I know that there's probably I, I i know there is an explanation for this that i cannot remember exactly why I, it may be in the next season or something like that as to to why they are skeletons or what, what they're doing there um or in the sixth season i should say uh but I I did kind of get the vibe that it was a bit of a uh, it it felt like a really well produced uh, YouTube effects video <laughs> <laughs> like if so, like a um, who's the guy who is behind Video Game High School and I always uh, Freddie Wong Fr- yes Freddie Wong Rocket John uh, yes I got that feeling a little bit in terms of uh, what was like just the entire sequence there because it's like okay the skeletons they have a good design but they don't entirely look real. Um, yeah, and obviously they are not real.
1: But <laughs> I kind of got, I, I kind of got a, like a, a, a Ray Harryhausen vibe from a lot of the, the that, way they that was they the intention in particular. Sure. So I, I felt like the no, that... janky movement was actually kind of a novelty. I like sure. it.
2: Yeah. That that was uh, I read that was part of the intent was to make it look like Jason okay. and the Argonauts.
1: Okay. I buy that more. Which is I great. was I was thinking
0: the combination of that with the firebombs. Oh yes. yeah, the, yeah. The, the
2: firebombs look a little effect of that. The effect of the
1: skeletons running in and then, like, breaking apart once they hit the the barrier, that's really neat. That looks great. Yes, that is good. That looked great.
2: Um, Like I said, well produced. (laughs) I, um... Yeah, I... I was... Obviously, I know at this point they really are just kind of making it up. But Jojen specifically, I was like... I. Jojan's still alive in the books so mostly. Like, I, I could imagine this being what happens to Jojin in the next book. Like yeah. this doesn't this doesn't feel too far afield. And I know like I everyone's gonna have their ideas.
0: Disappeared at this po- point in the books, I
2: want to say. Maybe Because there maybe. there's a
0: whole there's a whole theory that I don't even want to get into sure, uh, sure. about, about Jojin. Um that I think can be confirmed to probably well, I guess not necessarily. I don't know. Um yeah. but uh Basically, but, I, uh, yeah, yeah. He it seems like he is not long for this world, regardless
2: right. of the medium. Yeah, that didn't that didn't feel like I don't know. Just kill somebody. Maybe Thomas brody sangster was just very busy, but also like sure. that 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 did also make sense to me for that. I was like, okay. I can, and I realized like I'm really mourning Thomas brody sangster not being on the show <laughs> more than I'm mourning I, Jojen specifically. I wrote down at that point Jojen's really not in the show very much. <laughs> he <laughs> does Yeah, he really he's... Like, Mira does, Mira is a much bigger part of that team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, I'm just sad because I like Thomas Brody-Sangster a lot. I've liked him in everything I've seen him in. Yeah. But as far as Jojen, like, that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, that that whole sequence I enjoyed because it's just so, um, just that high fantasy stuff. And then Tyrion gets saved by Jamie and, and Varys. I love when they... They ring the bells to signal that Tywin's body's been found, and Varys is like, "Whoop, never mind," <laughs> mm-hmm. and then just gets on the ship, like feats don't fail me now.
1: <laughs> Once again, another instance of the bells being used. Just, just throwing that out there. Sure. <laughs> uh, not, 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 not as a, 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 a critique or a compliment. It's just the bells. Keep them in mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like the old man in front of the Willy Wonka factory. It's just like
2: nobody ever hears the bells. <laughs> <bounce. laughs> um, yeah, and also, I'm, I'm Charles Dance, one of the best performances on the TV show. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think we've said it every episode that we've talked about him. Uh, he's amazing. I don't miss Tywin, but man, Charles Dance. That, what a I kind of miss Tywin. Sure. <laughs> that, I miss like the dynamic conversation. Of what he does
0: yeah. uh, between Tyrion and Tywin is so like, yeah. I it's hard for me. It's hard knowing what happens to uh, watch it any other way. But it's really great how they're having this conversation. You're really like, are are is Tyrion going to do this? Like, are we? Yeah. Is does he have that kind of uh, hate in him? And it's like, yes, he does. Sure. And then just in the middle of the conversation, after you know some back and forth, he just shoots him you're yeah.
2: like oh and that and that tywin too. is is so confident that he can talk him down that he doesn't yes he doesn't break that he, he he holds that like coldness of of still being like he doesn't start pleading with him he's like what no of course not i'm totally lying but like you're not gonna shoot me just to try to intimidate him and tyrian and he says something about like Tyrion has a line where he says i am your son and that's yeah
0: because no that's it's great because tywin at one point is in their conversation says you're my son i would never let them execute you and then Tyrion's like uh you know going back and forth with him and then when he shoots him uh then tywin says you're not my son and Tyrion's like oh
1: no i am your son
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) now you're
1: i do appreciate how the 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 first time like the way it escalates the first time tywin is like oh i'm in i'm in serious trouble aren't i um is when he's like, Okay, we'll go back to my chambers, we'll discuss this like gentlemen. And he's like, Shay's there. I killed her. <laughs> and just the look on Tywin's face where he's like, Um
0: Maybe I didn't Uh-oh. think this
1: through.
0: <laughs> I'm in pick a pickle learn time.
2: <laughs> and he turns to the camera and he's like, You're probably thinking, how'd I get myself into this? Well, it's a long story. Let's rewind. <laughs> Whoa, too far. <laughs> And then he's cutting the stag with Jamie. Ah, oh, there we are. So there's me, Tywin, talking to my son, Jamie. You want to say something <laughs> say clever? Something clever? Go on, Let's see say if we something, something clever. clever. I want the Tywin cut of Game of Thrones. It's just all Tywin <laughs> scenes.
0: Um, there's lots of sitting around and... Uh, it, it's like a political intrigue type show. It's just him <laughs> just bashing people and stuff is happening out off screen. Uh, it's great.
2: I don't know who this small boy is, but he can't walk. I don't like him. <laughs> Who who's that who's that foamy mouthed lad? I don't like him either. Hm. Hodor. He's pretty cool. <laughs> um. <laughs> or or you'll just hear him like off screen just going Huh Goodwin, Varys. <laughs> that was funny.
0: The uh the one sequence we didn't talk about in the last episode is, uh, the Hound and Arya Oh confronting yeah. Wow. Brienne of and pod, uh, which is great. And a, yeah. uh, show only invention. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there, this is kind of a, a change in the sense that Brian, uh, well, I guess that the stuff that I would be talking about here would happen later. So we'll, we can address that next season. Um, but, the hound uh, gets stabbed like he does in one of these episodes. I think the sixth or seventh one um, in the books. And then just like that wound gets increasingly festered and uh, slowly just like takes him out. Uh, And so that's how he gets left there. And this is way cooler uh, because we get Brianne just showing up and uh, it makes sense that they would be near each other. Like it's not a huge convenience that it's like, oh, they were looking for Arya because they were taking her to, or they knew the hound was taking her to the Eyrie, because Pod guessed this because Pod knows all the houses, and yeah. Bran is like, okay, well maybe Sansa's there too, which hey, she was. Uh, mm-hmm. and then um, they they go there and they run into them and there's a great sequence where Arya and Bran are like momentarily bonding over the fact that uh, they are both like women who were discouraged from fighting and get to now get to kill people, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then there's a excellent, excellent fight between Brand and the Hound. Are yep. they are dueling, and they're they're going blow to blow, and then uh, toe to toe, blow to blow. I don't know. Boxing <laughs> metaphor. Uh, and then uh, they they eventually just like throw their weapons away and start punching each other, and then they just start rolling around and, and ripping each
1: other's ear off with their mouth.
2: I was about to say, Brian bites his ear off, right? I didn't yes. miss- see that. Okay, yeah.
1: I, <laughs> I do appreciate that the show doesn't go with kid gloves just because it's two people that we at least have some emotional investment in yes. fighting each other. Right. Like obviously the Hound, he's a he's a despicable character, but I think we've given. Given him enough screen time to be like, all right, I I feel for this guy when something bad happens yeah. to him, at least. Um, and he's
0: yeah. he's also he, he's trying to defend Arya, like he does yeah. legitimately think that. Like he doesn't have anywhere to take Arya, he could just give her up, but he doesn't because he doesn't trust Brienne because uh, right, yeah. he thinks that she's working for the Lannisters, and so uh, yeah. Well, it's it's
2: this, it's this great moment, it's similar to the trial where you realize like, oh, everything that Tyrion has done has. Led up to his being seen as guilty here, even yeah. though we all we we as the audience know the context for his yes all these things being said, like we know why he said those things and he was right to say them, and we see how they've been twisted here with Brienne. We know that Brienne is totally trustworthy and is super great and will keep Arya safe. But the Hound is like, wait, you were with Catelyn Stark, but then how did you get? So then Jamie did what? And we all understand that Jamie's but for one scene a good guy now and like he wants Brienne to genuinely protect Arya and Sansa and then we we know that Brienne can be trusted but we also understand why that doesn't look trustworthy to the Hound right uh which is such which is so great yeah. like that's so Brienne that's
1: so Brienne uh, she's honor bound to a fault
2: right yeah. yeah i that that's a very good fight
1: i Yeah, just the fact when they they start, like, punching each other in the face, and and there's a moment where where the Hound, he has Brienne on the ground, and she's, like, howling for her life, and it's actually very terrifying.
2: Um, Yeah. They both kick each other in the crotch.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that too.
0: The Hound grabs a Valyrian steel sword to get it out of his face. Yes. uh, And, like,
1: horribly rips his hands up. Mm-hmm. Just the, the overhead shot of the hound falling off the cliff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that how much of that is CG or how exactly that was done, but it's a yeah. very, very it's a neat shot. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, it it's a fantastic thing. And then of course Arya takes his um his 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 purse, leaves him there, and goes to hang out in Bravos. <laughs> Meets up with some <laughs> Bravosi merchants. And this is great when she like you're like, oh, no silver will get you onto this ship. She goes, it's not silver. It's iron. <laughs> and then this is like the third finale in a row where her last line is Valar Morghulis.
1: Mm. I was going to say, the half, like,
2: half the endings are Valar Morgulis and half the endings
1: are Dragon Screech. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh,
0: but I was going to say the the exchange she has with a hound or lack of exchange cuz the hound is begging for her to kill him <laughs> and he's and she's just sitting there staring at him blankly uh and the hound is is trying to dredge up any sort of anger he can against her yeah about like oh you know you got to cross me off my list I killed the the butcher's boy and oh I should have uh I should have taken Sansa I should have you know been a monster and 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 taken her yeah. when I had the chance uh and then he's he breaks and and has this moment where he's like at least I'd have one good memory uh and and it that part is genuine and really you know you can tell he's yeah. he's falling apart at that and and is just frustrated and sad and and feels like he's led a a wasteful life um and Arya's just staring at all like ah oh, I, I i can emotionally cut myself off from this you know what i'm going to do that <laughs> like i've well, i've how,
1: grown enough that I, I do wonder how much of it is it's ultimately like i want you to suffer more so i'm going to leave you alive to to die a a slow painful death or how much of it is I'm, I'm going to leave you. Maybe you'll survive. Yeah. And, and maybe little,
0: little column A, little column B.
1: Yeah. Like I, I wonder how much of it is. I'm not, I can't bring myself to kill you at this point, but if it's like you the know. Batman thing, it's like, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you either. Yeah. Yeah. And I think,
0: cause it definitely doesn't seem like she's not willing to kill him. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's, uh, I think it's definitely something along those lines where she's kind of accepted. Oh, I have the power to to leave him and let him suffer and you know not uh I, I can choose whether or not to deal out death in this instant. Right. Um it's neat. It's good stuff. I agree.
2: Yeah, it was fantastic. Fantastic batch of episodes.
1: We doing grades.
2: Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Uh
1: A plus. Alright. I'm going to go with an A Ooh. Um, just because I, I, I do think ultimately season three is a tighter season. Sure. Um, mm. And I feel like we, we, there were less problematic moments, I guess Th- that Jamie scene really yes, like that is, that actually, is a, you know, it, problem. that is a flat out problem. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. Take mine to an A then. That's a okay. good point. Yeah. Make mine an A.
0: I think there, yeah, I think that is fair. It, it's that. It's all of that. Uh, the fact that there are more kind of missteps. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll go with A as well. Okay. Uh, it's it's all of that combined with the fact that I think <laughs> I think this season is just more unpleasant, which is strange because the previous sure. season has the red wedding. Um <laughs> right.
1: but, but leading the, up to
0: it, that, it's a slow build to a nightmare yes. of an ending. This one is much harder to watch across the board, and not because it's it's bad. Like not because it's doing anything wrong necessarily. It's just yeah. it's so. Uh, every turn is just going worse and worse for our characters, and and it it's almost a little bit aimless especially where you're where you're left. Um, yeah, where it's like, oh, we de- what is anyone gonna do here? Like, this is completely the entire map's blown up, and we all, half our characters are dead, villains and heroes. We yeah. don't even know like what
2: where where we're going next. So I do think as well with with uh the red, the red wedding has an elegiac feeling to it, where it's like. The prevailing emotion for me with that is sadness. Yeah. Whereas with like, Oberyn it's just disgust. Yeah. And not that they aren't both sad and disgusting in, in their ways, but with the red wedding, it's this like, Oh, it came to this. Like this is, it, I don't know. It feels sad more than it feels anything else, yeah. even though it is also visceral and upsetting. And Oberyn's is just like, Oh God. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> and with Tyrion, you're just so infuriated, at all, everybody around him, um, except Jamie and Varys, uh, and so yeah, it's, it's it's. I feel like the, the feelings are more unpleasant in season four, like you said. Whereas in season three, it's like it's unpleasant, but it's more. I, I think of the sadness more than yeah. the other feelings. It's, it's a tragedy. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, on a cheeryish note, comparatively, my recommendation this week is Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> Okay. if if you like the idea of heads not being attached to bodies the way that they <laughs> normally are um Tim Burton's an interesting director where I feel like he is sometimes unfairly celebrated because of his he's like he over celebrated because he has such a unique and wonderful art like visual style, and his early movies people just love and love and love and then he's i but I also think he's unfairly dragged because of some of his more recent things. And Sleepy Hollow, I think, is a nice, like, straight-down-the-middle Tim Burton movie uh, from 1999, where it looks beautiful. It's a gorgeous—it's shot by Emmanuel Lubezki, who's, like, one of the greatest living cinematographers. He shot, like, Gravity and Children of Men. Um, Hmm. It looks incredible. The production design is gorgeous. The costumes are great. The cast is really good. Johnny Depp, Christina Ricci. Michael Goff is in there from Batman and Ian McDiarmid and Richard Griffiths and uh, uh, Miranda Richardson, Michael Gambon um casper van Deen from Star, Star, starship troopers <laughs> uh is he really in that yeah. that's amazing he is he yeah he really is um, does he do a british accent Boston, how does that work well it takes place in upstate new york which i didn't realize but in 1799 s- set, set 17 1799 how does a horseman with no head <laughs> ride a horse <laughs> um <laughs> But he, uh, but yeah, so they all have like pseudo British accents. Um, so he, he kind of does. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's I, Tim Burton's strengths have never been in his narrative skills. He's not a terrible storyteller, but like his strengths lie in visuals. He can be uh, a terrible. <laughs> he can be a very bad storyteller. <laughs> well, I mean, every director has some bad. Sure. has some bad cards in their sleeves. But what I mean is like Tim Burton. I think that his, his strengths are his visual filmmaking and, and some of his movies have great stories and some of them are fine. Um, and some not so much, but I, I think that this one, the story is, is well told enough. It's got a whole hammer horror kind of vibe. Um, I think it looks really good. It's spooky and it's still fun. It's very practical. There are a few digital effects, one of which is very silly, but I enjoyed it. Um, most of it is, is fully practical. The the forest is like on a soundstage and all looks really terrific. Um, it's on Netflix right now. That's how I watched it. And uh, yeah, thought it was a neat little haunting ride. Sleepy Hollow. It, it was nice to watch a, a movie by a, a big name filmmaker that people don't often talk about when they talk about when with him, people either talk about how amazing they think his early movies are or how terrible Alice in Wonderland. And depending on who you talk to Charlie and the chocolate factory is, um, and it was neat to be like, oh yeah, he also made other movies that are like actually pretty solid. <laughs> like he's got some, he got some good stuff in there. So that's mine. Uh, yeah. A friend of the podcast, Cecilia, and and I, we
1: went to uh, the re release of Inception. Uh, right. Which I know with the the movie theaters and COVID, it's it's all a uh, very very uh, treacherous. It, it, treacherous is is a good way to put it. <laughs> I don't know. We 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 were smart about staying safe and, and you know, sticking yeah. to all the precautions and everything. Um, but the movie it, it was good to be back in a movie theater watching something sure. that I knew was really good. So um <laughs> how long had it been since you'd seen it previously? I think I had actually watched it fairly recently. Um Yeah. But yeah, it was it was really neat because beforehand they had um like a little behind-the-scenes thing about Tenet and then Inception. Oh, cool. um, Kind of talking about that stuff. Uh, Some of it was a little too, oh my god, we're doing things that you've never seen on the big screen before. (laughs) And Christopher Nolan, (laughs) isn't he just the great... I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm here for the re-release of Inception. You think I don't like Christopher Nolan? It's so like, I would
0: like to see anything on the big screen right now. Uh. Yeah.
1: Well, the, the the funniest part of the whole trip was afterwards just, just using the restroom and hearing, like, a couple of of, of guys that, that – they walked out of the movie as well, and they're just talking about Christopher Nolan, and they're talking about all of his movies. And they totally – like, I've seen Interstellar, but they totally just blurted out the ending of Interstellar. I'm like, I feel bad if there was somebody in here who hadn't seen it and was like, oh, I'm really excited to watch more sure. of Christopher Nolan's movies and to just have that be completely ruined for them. I then you just fun. hear
2: from behind a stall you hear, Aw, sad flush. <laughs> I kind of considered like saying something, like just to mess with them. Like,
1: oh, I was really excited about that one. Thanks.
2: Yeah. When I um, worked at a movie theater, my boss once loudly discussed. The night that Rogue One was out Loudly discussed with a friend of his at the bar So what did you think of CGI Tarkin? <laughs> and I saw I saw a customer like Surreptitiously put his finger in his ear Like desperately trying not oh. to To hear this very loud man Yeah, that's You like, uh, you see CGI Tarkin? <laughs> and I'm guessing that Inception holds up pretty well
1: Yeah, surprisingly, it holds up well Um <laughs> Yeah I don't know. Soccer. I've got I've got Great just movie. a couple of like very minor nitpicky problems with that movie, but I think it's it's very well done. It's it's well made, and you know, seeing it on the big screen is you know top notch. Oh, I'm sure. Um, in other news, uh, the DC fandom thing happened. In short, don't care about Wonder Woman. The Suicide Squad looks promising. The Snyder Cut looks like it's funny. The Snyder Cut. It's all just a big joke, and the Batman looks amazing.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> that, you heard it here folks that was uh harry Knowles warging into alex Aha! Um, oh yeah tyler you got anything or should we should we sign off for the evening
0: uh i i don't know what inspired me to do this um but i watched jeremiah johnson <laughs> um which is Robert Redford playing uh, a man who's a, a real life man whose nickname was uh-huh. Liver Eaton Johnson, uh, and he. This is where there's a gif of Robert Redford nodding while well, he's got a big beard and he's got a, a big oh. a big hair. Well, that's why you uh, watched it. That is part, that is why <laughs> I think it was on my radar. Um, actually it was, I think part of what triggered this was it was mentioned in a, in a book, Alex, that you got me of the, the secret history of Twin Peaks, which is like a, an in-universe, uh, FBI document, quote unquote, is what it's supposed to be of like breaking down an an analysis of the history of Twin Peaks, um, written by Mark Frost. And, uh, they, they reference the movie in that because they talk about the actual person. Um, and yeah, the, so there, there's a gif of of Robert Redford nodding uh, that people think is Zach Galifianakis a lot of the time, and it is not. <laughs> it's Robert Redford, um, and uh, that's where it comes from. And it's a it's a really fun, weird kind of movie. Uh, it's pretty critically acclaimed, I think. It's on HBO Max, is where I watched it. It's Sydney um, Pollack,
1: so
2: yeah. Oh and, wow. um, I didn't realize
0: there. There is uh, the first kind of. Side character that introduces themselves uh, introduces themselves as Bear Claw Chrislap is, I believe, the full <laughs> full name, and he's this man wearing. He looks like Radagast from the Hobbit movies. Um, and you're and just like
1: George, George, how much? What, what did you do?
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's fun. It's also bleak and, and dark at, at times. It's I think it is very. The only people I could recommend it to would probably be people who really enjoy Twin Peaks because I think it's the same tone where a lot of the characters are just so wacky and interesting uh but also like the sh- the the show. The movie gets dark at times. Um this is a movie from back in the 70s, 72 I want to say.
2: Yeah, um, that's what it. Lo- I'm looking it up right now so it looks like
0: it's a it's a fun movie and it's it's kind of got some quirky editing and stuff that that is comical at times but then there are some emotional moments that really hit. Uh and it was a good time. It was just just kind of an interesting nice. uh fun movie to watch. Um and it, it 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 by the end of it 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 draws you in. You you have a good time with it. It's a good journey.
2: Yeah. Um I'm looking at uh an image of robert redford in this movie and can confirm 70s robert redford was handsome 100 percent of the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah he yeah he was a a truly gorgeous man i mean he's still alive i I, he's still a great looking guy but i mean like (laughs) gorgeous 70s yeah (laughs) 70s robert redford it's like what that's just not fair to other people um that's awesome i actually don't know that i'd heard of that movie um but I will have to check that out because I like Bob Redford. Oh, before we go, I watched Littlewoods, previous yeah. Tyler recommendation. Check that out. I'm going to try to get to the fountain sometime this week. Um, but Littlewoods, I really liked it. Everything, mm-hmm. not a whole lot to add other than uh, they totally do a needle drop of a song by the Waylon Jennys, one of my favorite bands. Hmm. So good job, <laughs> Littlewoods. Um but yeah, I, I thought it was cool and it made me really excited to see what Nia DaCosta does with Candyman and Captain Marvel too. Mm-hmm. Um, James Badge Dale is really good in that. And of course Tessa Thompson and Lily James are really talented young actors. Yep. They're super good in stuff. Um yeah, it was good stuff. So yeah, we we run a little bit longer because there's you know stuff actually happened. And so now we're gonna go make stuff happen in our own lives. Cause hey, life is the real game of Thrones. <laughs> And you either
0: win or you die. No, that's not. Well,
2: you definitely die. I've been Alex. On that note. (laughs) I've been Tyler. I've been Britton, and you're having a good night.